news for a Waffle Butt Media podcast. Hello, everybody, Schweg Nation, the Schweg Castinators. Welcome to this episode of the Schweg Cast. For those of you who don't know, I am the host of this show. If you didn't realize the person yelling into the mic right now is the host, that is me. I am Sam Schwegler, and welcome to the show. Uh, I'm glad you're listening. Thank you. If you're a first-time listener, thank you for listening. And I don't want to forget, you know, my listeners from day one. Or later on, past day one. Thank you for listening so much. It really means a lot to me that you are listening to this podcast. And I hope to continue to bring you great content and great episodes. And most importantly, if you're not an iPhone user and use an app that is not, you know, the iPhone podcasting app, feel free to let me know, and I will be more than happy to see what we can do about getting it on there. And also, if you are on iTunes or any other place, actually, this, this counts for any place, go and subscribe to the Shredcast. And especially if you're on iTunes, go and write a review because that review will really help this show, and it really makes this show look cooler than I try to make it be, which is probably not that much of those. And also feel free to email the Shredcast at gmail.com follow and you know tweet us at the Schwegcast on the twitter and uh, you know follow me sam Sh- at sam schwegler that's on instagram twitter facebook and you know just go like us everywhere you know and also go like waffle butt media the show is a waffle butt media podcast and we have a great set of shows right now we have Bruce and the boys it is a Dallas Cowboys podcast, so if you're into the Dallas Cowboys, or if you're just into football in general, it's really knowledgeable by Michael Sizemore. He's really great at it, and it's a great show. And so if you just like football, I would actually go check that out. And also, if you're into a little more political stuff right now and want to know some things, The Bastard, Ameri- featuring ooh, America the Podcast, great show to listen to, and a great way. So just go check out Waffle Butt Media. We're having a lot of great shows just like this one, and, uh, you know, something you really want to get into. So today on the show, I got Robert Sebastian, you know, me and Robert, really cool dude getting over here. Uh, we really geek out about some music stuff. And so that's something we get to talk about. We even talked to him about his music and it's just very convoluted conversation, not convoluted, probably not the best word for that, but it's a really good conversation. And we just really, really focus. It's one of the more unique episodes I've gotten to do. And one of the more unique uh, interviews that I've gotten to perform, if I say like interviewing is like performing, which it kind of is to me, but Robert's really cool. We even get into it about, you know, throwing tea into the Boston Tea Party and talk about baseball a little bit. He is a Sox fan. I am a Cardinals fan. So, you know, that brings back some bad memories of two World Series. But, you know, we, we maintained the relationship. We kept our cool. We kept our journalistic integrity throughout. So, yeah, you're not going to want to miss that. And we're going to play one of his songs mid-episode. So I finally decided that it was time I needed to talk about this group of gentlemen, the Chainsmokers. So the Chainsmokers is a uh, producer duo, which I think they're branching a little more out from being just two producers, DJs. They're really branching out and making pop hits. And they've definitely had some chart success. They've had Paris, uh, something just like this. That was with Coldplay and their biggest hit, I believe, to this date, Closer featuring Halsey, which are all phenomenal songs. But most people get the rap with them is that they do that, not do, but their songs do sound pretty similar. Now, I'm a musician, and so 
I am a musician. So if you're if you're musically inclined like I am, you realize a lot of their songs go from four, five to six minor. For those of you who know the Nashville system. And so that's a majority of their song. You can do it whatever key makes you comfortable. If you do that, you can pretty much figure out each Chainsmoker song. So what does that mean exactly? So my thought process, I like the Chainsmokers. Don't get me wrong. So this isn't me bashing the Chainsmokers. What it really means is what they are doing with these three chords. Now, when people think, oh, just three chords, man, that's so, like, you know, elementary. Let's keep in mind all blues music, which most of these people who do say stuff like this, all uses three chords. So that argument, take that out of the door. It is what they're doing with it. And, you know, they are having drops and they do have a lot of similar things. But the big thing I think we should keep track with, if you enjoy the Chainsmokers, you should enjoy them. They're making songs that are easy to listen to and are fun to listen to and are catchy and stuff that you should want to sing along to. There's nothing wrong with making songs like that. But what's going to happen with them is going to be what they release in the future is what is going to make a difference. Because obviously they are seeing the criticism for what they have released like it's obvious like you can't imagine that a band as big as them are not seeing this so i think what we need to keep in mind is we should enjoy what they currently made but expect more out of their future releases and so that is what i do have to say about the chain smokers so let's get on to today's sponsors of this episode this episode of the Schwedcast is sponsored by distro kid my favorite music distribution company out there and i'm so happy that they are sponsoring this podcast distro kid is the service that gets your music out to online music retailers and saves you the hassle that's right hassle i haven't heard that word in a while they get your music on all the major platforms such as itunes spotify apple music title and many more this is a this is great for original music and also covers distro kid gets you the license that you need for those covers. DistroKid is actually what I use, like I've been saying, for my music and especially getting a lot of musicians in here. I got to tell them about how great DistroKid is when they do come in here. It does come up and people are talking about DistroKid. So if you haven't heard about it yet, you definitely need to get on it because it only costs $20 a year and you keep 100% of your earnings. Like most online music distribution, you pay per release and then they still take a cut out from what you release. But DistroKid, you just pay your 20 bucks a year and you keep 100% of what you make off of it. And so that is the best thing they can do. And so I want to save you a little something something today. You can get 7% discount off of your first year DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the Schwedcast. And that link will be in the description for this episode. So you definitely want to check that out. The next is Lyft. The Schwedcast is sponsored by Lyft, if you didn't already know from the earlier teaser. But the free Lyft app gets users a ride in minutes on demand 24-7 for less than the cost of a cab. When you use promo code SWEDCAST when signing up, you get a $50 ride credit. That's just my little treat to you just for signing up. My friend Curtis and his wife Aubrey are in town right now as I am recording this. And guess what? We're going to be using Lyft because we're going to have some fun. If you don't mind me saying, we are going to have some fun and we want to be safe. So we are definitely going to be using Lyft. Get there and back safely. And you know what? 9 out of 10 Lyft drivers 
get a five-star rating and it's just super easy to tip them so if you're not already using lyft you gotta be using lyft i don't even use uber anymore that's how much i love lyft and so let's get on with my episode with robert and like always stay awesome What'd you do today? Oh man, what did I do today? Um, I kind of took a break today. Um, my computer's been acting a little funny. It's been slowing down progress, so I didn't do much of that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I really didn't do much of uh, anything today. Actually, how about you? Uh, yeah, you know, just the the normal everyday work stuff you have to do and then sure. come home and stuff like that. Yeah, so just, you know, boring stuff like like that. But, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I've been, it's been getting through, you know. The, yeah. str- the, the struggle bus is real. Yeah. But, but yeah, luckily, like, I'm a couple episodes ahead on the podcast, so luckily that, that means it's, like, a little bit easier, stress-free, not the, the grunt work of finding people the you know just the regular everyday stuff of just you know making the episodes sure yeah <laughs> so mm-hmm. so uh, have you been listening to any good music lately what was that have you what have you been listening to lately what i've been listening to man uh i always love that question because i'm always listening to a lot of stuff and i just love talking about music so uh a lot of generation x have you ever listened to them they i don't think i've actually listened to them but they sound familiar yeah, it's Billy Idol's band before he was solo. Okay, that makes a little more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been really digging them. Um, and let's see. Jeez, man. What else? What have I been listening to? Um, they've probably been the main thing. I was listening to some Ramones today. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, basically late 70s and 80s punk is, is definitely a thing. Oh, yeah. Me, yeah. Uh, I love it. That stuff is always so great. I mean, but, like, I feel like one thing, at least on a production side of things, yeah. where it's like, like, that's the inspiration. And so when you kind of, like, at least when you're a producer, when you, like, you kind of copy what people you like are doing and, like, you kind of try to get it to sound like that because that's the popular stuff on the radio right now. Mm-hmm. But with, like, old punk stuff, it's like... It, had like a crappiness to it but you kind of like it but it works for the sound and so like as producer i'm just like i want to make it like that clean crisp sound but like not going to get it with you know that regular you know like that punk stuff like you can't use it as like a reference track in your mix yeah you know it's uh and that would be a hard thing to emulate just without the exact like just um i don't know like think about like the ramones like first couple records or something like that like what kind of like cheap tape decks were like in studios um at that point um probably stuff like i've never even heard of uh and i don't know if they were doing stuff like four sire records Mm -hmm. and stuff like that from the beginning i don't know how much money was behind it you know probably not much at least with the first record but Mm -hmm. um 
but yeah, it's that would be a hard sound to emulate, you know, without just actually having that tape and 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 microphones and preamps and whatever else. So yeah, you know, I'm not. Uh, there's some productions, like from a production standpoint, like you were saying, there's some really pristine productions I think are really good, but I really sometimes the just rawness uh, of, you know, whatever, like, the medium is they're recording with, like, really makes the music and those qualities, like, you know, in the 60s, um, like, I mean, e- even at Abbey Road, like, we have mm-hmm. obviously more advanced stuff than they did back then, more tracks, almost infinite tracks uh, to work with, but, you know, just what they were working with really, like, defined that sound, like, uh, Time of the Season by the Zombies, uh, you know, I think that was one they recorded at Abbey Road, like, on the, uh, the two-inch tape, uh, Studer, and it couldn't have happened on anything else. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I love, like, the old-school, like, sound stuff, or, like, the way it made things sound. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I don't want to, like, actually have to use it. I want it to be like a plugin, but I know like you're not going to get the same sound out of a plugin that you yeah. do with that. So it's it's the first world problems, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously. Uh, well, I just uh, got the soft tube tape plugin. Have you heard that one yet? Yes. Who's who, who makes that one? What was that? Who who makes that one? Uh, soft tube. Soft tube. Okay, it's their own brand. Okay. Yeah, I feel it like came I... out about a month ago. What Man, is something brilliant. I have? I have something by Softube. If I wasn't I already have Logic open, I'd like go search for it, but I don't want to like slow down like the processing power or anything. Yeah, they make some great stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a, like a lot of good plugins out these days. Like it's not just Waves. Like you can find yeah. good stuff like anywhere. So yeah, they are. There. It, it seems like they are. Uh, you know, less popular plugin manufacturers that still make really quality stuff. Um, now, I'm not, like, a computer guy. I'm not, like, an engineering kind of guy mm-hmm. at all. I'm not, like, scientifically minded. But um, apparently there are a lot of people out there who can actually, like, make the stuff. I don't know how you make a plug-in, like, how you emulate the sound mm-hmm. of a soundboard or something like that. But uh, there are enough people out there who can do it, and they're doing a really... Uh, really great job oh yeah like you could even find like free stuff that's really good oh yeah i've gotten a few free things that i'm mm-hmm. like they're giving this away oh yeah i'm <laughs> like i like just stuff like phenomenal stuff coming out for free i love i use a lot of waves plugins so obviously yeah, me too but yeah because i'm like you know i'm trying to make money doing this so it's like if you tell someone yeah i'm using waves stuff they're just like okay you're you're legit and so yeah yeah like and that's like half of like being an engineer, like having your own studio, I guess, where you're at right now, my own apartment. But it's just like people, if they see nice gear, like they're like a little bit more comfortable, like to the non-engineering oh, people. Like, yeah, I, I realize that, but it's not too big of a deal. They want the product a little bit more than uh, the the look of the room. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you could be... A bad engineer with the nicest equipment, but you're you're not actually going to make a great sounding record, mm-hmm. you know. If you're if you're a bad engineer, and mm-hmm. before I got into production um, myself, uh, like I, I just recall talking to people I've worked with, and, and I can't believe um, 
just just the things uh, I, w- I, I would say. I, w- I, just, I would read about things and like, I'm trying to do this. Uh, can you do this? And I, I, wouldn't re- I didn't really know what I was talking about back then. And uh, I really feel bad for all the uh, producers I've uh, had to work with and mm-hmm. engineers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, it's really funny because you hear, because I, I mean, I went to school for audio and stuff like that. So what you hear, what I hear, heard most of the time was like, I, I work from home a lot. And so like, I didn't always have like the best in college. I didn't now I've upgraded significantly a lot. But uh, back then, I'm just like, I'm still, <laughs> people are just like, why don't you just work in the studio? It's more fun. I'm like, well, half the stuff barely works because, like, students come in here and, like, br- like rearrange everything so much and just annoying. Yeah. And I'm like, I hate, I hate, like, the first half, or, half hour of every session is just trying to get sound out of, like, the Pro Tools session or the Logic session <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Like, I can't stand that. So, like, here, like, my own studio is just like, I just turn it on, open it up press play and it's getting sound <laughs> yeah unless yeah, like yeah. the monitors need to warm up or something like that for like and then you just like you know wait 10 let music play for 10 seconds so it knows like sound is trying to reach my speakers or whatever so yeah um but yeah i've i definitely by my best advice for people when searching for a producer is like even though i try to be like the producer for their track it's just my biggest advice is always make sure like you're paying for the person not the room because mm. the room doesn't really matter unless the person you're working with is good yeah, and has a good vision and a good ear for what you're doing. So absolutely. Mm-hmm. And half the stuff like you do at home now, like sounds better than what's in the, from coming from the studios these days anyways. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be significantly cheaper. Like, uh, speaking of waves, the, uh, um, the Grand Rhapsody piano plug-in, they just... Oh, yeah, I've heard... I need to, I, w- I kind of want to get that, yeah. Well, it was... Uh, I don't know if it still is. It was on sale for their summer sale, mm-hmm. which is usually when I buy plugins because things yeah. are, like, about 80% off. <laughs> it was it, waves. It's like, you can... There's always going to be a sale. Like, there's always going to be one coming. Yeah. So that was marked down significantly. Um, it's about a $200 plug-in, I think, and it was marked down to, I don't know, 40 something and so that's a steal it took 13 hours to download oh geez heavy heavy samples but man um it, it sounds amazing mm-hmm. i i'm not uh that's the only really uh, uh sophisticated piano plugin i've had mm-hmm. i've got some stock piano plugins and stuff like that but um i'm not sure if there is a better one out there maybe maybe equal Mm-hmm. Or just maybe not. You know, I know uh, who makes. Uh, oh man, there's there's some really there's some really good like symphonic plugins. Uh, oh, the uh, I, when I was in college, we used the East West a lot. And which one was it? East West. Okay, I, I that, think I know what that is. That's like insanely good. It's like two hundred gigabytes of uh, oh, man. plugins or uh, samples. But yeah, you can like get like because they do a month by month plan you can do, which a lot of companies are doing that as well as like you can just buy it, which is like a smart move on their part because like not everyone's like I don't want to put in like a ton of money, <laughs> but at the same time like they're they can make still make money and people can still use it. Yeah. So I mean I don't know at at some point it's like if you can also just buy it it's not worth the investment <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's uh that's probably one that's. 
it might be the one I'm thinking of. I, I know there's one that sounds really good that's like a thousand bucks for the whole library. And that's that's got to be a huge download. That's got to take days to download. Like, how many gigabytes was the Waves piano one? What was that? How many, how many gigabytes was that Waves piano one? Oh, man. I don't know off the top of my head. But probably a lot, I assume. Yeah, definitely a lot. Um, uh, I've got the space, uh, so I'm good. But, um, yeah, man, it's it's definitely uh, a good investment. Uh, just a lot of versatility and, and a, a beautiful sounding piano. I think they said Queen recorded with it. At, what is it, Olympia Studios, I think? Yeah, um, that sounds familiar. Man, I love Queen. What a... Oh, my gosh. What a great rock and roll. They were just... Uh, well, I see friends... Uh, I'm from I'm from Kansas and Missouri, so I saw some friends in Kansas City go see because uh, they're still touring, but with Adam Lambert's there, right, front man, which mm-hmm. is like probably the only thing I like Adam Lambert ever doing. Yeah, because like he's a good vocalist, but like his original music's like um, I mean he can hit those notes mm-hmm. and, and that's important, but it'll never be Freddie Mercury. Yeah, well I think I think that lineup with Adam is playing here like this month or next, but I I mean I just can't go see it. I, I, yeah, I don't I mean I don't know if I'd like. Freddie, I'd rather see it with Freddie, but obviously you can't right now. But no, not right now. Maybe, maybe one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, I mean, Freddie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Freddie's just man. He was just one of the greatest uh, vocalists in general of all time. You know, oh, rock and roll aside. Mm-hmm. But oh man, yeah, it was funny because my uh, when I was in high school, my high school teacher. She had, like, middle school classes, and I would help out. I think I had to do it for a class or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I did it with her, and she would like to show, like, and it was more like a music appreciation class, but not, like, as awful, because it was supposed to be kind of a fun elective type class. Mm-hmm. So, like, it wasn't, like, I'm going to bore these kids to death. I'm going to have some fun. So she watched, like, videos on YouTube a lot, you know, obviously, like, watch, like, bands perform. And she was into, like, the, she was a big classic rock band. She, like, got me into, like, Fleetwood Mac, uh, mm-hmm. And uh, what other bands? And but yeah, she would watch Queen because we don't. Everyone likes Queen. Oh, she was into the Beatles. Like yeah. every year on John Lennon's birthday, she cried, or the day he passed away. One of the two. No, it was the day he passed away. Like the anniversary of it, where he got shot. Like she like cries in front of like all of her classes. Oh man. And so I mean, like, which is sad, but we kind of make fun of her for it too. But like, so yeah, she'd watch the Beatles and stuff like that, and she'd watch Queen, and she'd always forget that like Freddie always stripped more and more throughout the show. <laughs> so like, yeah, a grown man with a mi- mustache and bicycle shorts is a little yeah is a little much. Oh, and then he had like like his drinks on his piano is like water, beer, like brandy, just like a multitude of different uh, like al- like alcohols and drinks <laughs> just all lined up, and she's like, I don't know. The best one was she told me was she watched they watched the music video for Firework by Katy Perry. Okay. And that one she was like she didn't realize how bad the music video was. Like the song's not <laughs> bad, but like the the music video was pretty bad. She's like, "Oh jeez, what am I doing?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a friend of mine who uh taught high school for some reason um thought that one of her students needed to know who Marky Mark was. <laughs> and, which everybody does. Uh but so she she put on the video to Good Vibrations and, and left the room, I think she said. Um, and later we were watching the music video uh, because this is the thing me and my friends do sometimes is, is we just sit around and watch 90s music videos. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so she was like, I didn't realize how risque this was. I showed this to one of my students. It was high school, at least, not you oh. know, younger than that. So oh, it's, at some point it's like high school, it's like, 
what are they not watching at this point? Well, yeah, exactly. It it probably was nothing that the kid hadn't seen. It was probably much lighter. But, um, <laughs> yeah, as, as a teacher, uh, <laughs> she, she felt a little... A Teachers, little like, the big thing that. they care about, they just don't want to get fired. Like... Be like, I mean, like, uh, like Marky Mark and the, but I don't <laughs> Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. What was that again? I don't know why uh, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch should be like in a curriculum though. Yeah, um, yeah, man, I dig, I really dig uh, Marky Mark though. Mm-hmm. I dig walk, what? What was I about to say? I dig Mark Wahlberg. I think I was about to say Wark Malberg. <laughs> um, I dig Mark Wahlberg in general. I like uh, I like him as a person. But old school hip hop is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, man, the Funky Bunch though, uh, they were good. There's this video of them doing good vibrations on Arsenio Hall. Mm-hmm. And I, I know, like I don't know, a lot of people like I think kind of think it's just that sound and that uh, that just that whole performance style was a little corny. And yeah, like a, a buff dude. <laughs> taking off his shirt and stuff was so like 1991 or something or 1990 whenever that came out uh, I think 91 but anyways that it's a great performance mm-hmm. but uh I'm a big sympathizer of of uh, Marky Mark uh, I mean I, I mean I get that but D- yeah Mark Wahlberg's a pretty funny guy yeah, like, yeah. He's, he's funny in the Ted films and the he's, he, he does a good like Boston accent oh yeah yeah his bo- I love his like if he does anything slightly Boston it's Hilarious, yeah. Well, I, I grew up north of Boston, so okay. I, I think I, uh, I think I really, um, I, I guess I'm a little, I'm a little biased just for that. Mm-hmm. You know, New Kids on the Block. To uh, there's a lot of good bands from Boston, uh, man. Mm-hmm. The Pixies, um, the Modern Lovers. Yeah, um, I've never thought of a lot of bands come from Boston. What was that? I haven't thought about a lot of bands who came from Boston. Yeah. I know the Augustana song, Boston. What was that? The Augustana song, Boston. Oh, yeah, yeah. That one's, that one's pretty funny. Or, like, it's not a funny song. I don't know why. It's a, it's a, it's a good song to listen to when you're sad. <laughs> I haven't heard that one in a long time. They actually won some Boston Music Award, even though they weren't from Boston. Yeah. After like, that. like, let's move to Boston. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my friend, my, uh, my, my brother was, uh, he's a sound man. So he was doing sound for... I think JoJo or somebody at the time, mm-hmm. and he was like on a shuttle like to the award ceremony uh, with those dudes, uh, and he said they were cool. And uh, that's about all I've got on Augustana. Yeah, they, they haven't really done much, but I just remember that song. Okay, also since you're since you told me you're from Boston, yeah, is it is it a big thing people like go and like toss tea into the Boston <laughs> all the harbor? time? Sometimes really? uh, involuntarily. I you know you're on the harbor and you just like. <laughs> You order some tea and you just pour it overboard. And you're, Why did I do that? Yeah, is, it's. Is it like a? Is it legal to do that? Like, what's the? <laughs> like, there because there has to be. I feel like there's some regulations that have to go on. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what the regulations are on that, but it is technically illegal to make clam chowder with tomato. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not, I was never gonna do that anyway. What was that? I was never gonna do that anyways. But me and a friend. Uh, <laughs> We want to show like our patriotism, patriotism to America. So we want to go to like Bo- the, I want to go to Boston. Then we're gonna throw teams to the Boston Harbor, and just show how American we are. Wait, say that again. You did what? We want to throw tea into the Boston Harbor, like. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You, well, you should. Well, yeah. I feel like, I mean, like it can't be toxic to fish or anything. 
Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, what I'm worried about. I assume like if you just take the tea leaves and throw it, like that's good. But I think if you do it like the tea packets or whatever, like yeah, well, it's it's an antioxidant, um, mm-hmm. you know. So so I think, uh, or at least some tea is. Uh, I think maybe most of it is. At least green tea is. So you know, maybe that could be good for. Mm-hmm. Uh, for something toxic maybe going on in the water. Who mm-hmm. knows? I don't know. I mean, at least, though, like, it'd be like, hey, what are you throwing overboard? I'm like, it's, it's just tea. Like, fish can <laughs> are not going to die from this. <laughs> but, yeah, that's how big of an American I am. Like, I want to throw tea into the, <laughs> yeah. the Boston Harbor. But I love how that's, like, that is a thing, though. I'm just like, that makes me happy. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll need to do that sometime. Yeah, next time. You're next back. time I'm back there. I'm like this one's for you, America. <laughs> oh, I heard like this really. It, it, as an American, it makes me sad. So apparently, a bald eagle. They had to like. Uh, it's not. It was. It's not technically euthanizing, but like they had to like put down. Oh, yeah, putting down. That's the technical term. A uh, bald eagle on the Fourth of July. I think he was like really like injured or something like that. Oh no, I didn't hear uh, about that. Yeah, it was like. I mean, like. Like, let's not make it suffer, so let's, like, pass out. But, yeah, I'll be like, man, the person who had to do that had to have been crying. Like, you... <laughs> Couldn't they have done it on another day? I don't know. I, yeah, I would be like, you will not die today. This is your day. <laughs> man, it's a horrible day to do that. I know. It's like the 4th of July. Is What did you do uh, for the 4th? Uh, I just hung around, drank, drank yeah. alcohol. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what else? I mean... I didn't do too much, uh, just for fun. Did you do anything fun? Uh, a friend of mine came back from Cuba, so um, we shared a Cuban cigar. Oh, that's nice. She uh, she made mojitos, and yeah, we watched the fireworks from afar, but we were we were pretty far away, so we couldn't. Yeah, it was we, we could barely see it, and definitely couldn't hear anything, and. Uh, I don't even know what was going on downtown apart from the symphony, which, uh, you know, the Nashville Symphony is a great... Nashville Symphony is probably my favorite favorite band right now. You know, they're a cover band. Mm-hmm, obviously. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, they're they're really good. But it's it's amazing to have them play on the 4th uh, during the fireworks, and I, I wish I could have been closer to, uh, to hear it. Oh, yeah, I've heard... Well, yeah, I've heard, like, uh, Nashville had, like, the biggest fireworks display in the nation... Yeah, it, like it went on for a long time this year. Mm-hmm. Longer than I f- remember it ever going. Yeah, it, yeah, I'm like, it's like bigger than New York, so I'm like, yeah, let's let's take that over. Yeah, I, it's, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, uh, Boston really should, just out of principle, always have the, uh, the biggest, longest show. But, uh, I guess they don't for some reason. I think, I think the Pops play every year, something like that. Okay. But, but yeah, you know, when you're there and you're dumping tea into the harbor, uh, you should you should definitely be around the fourth, and you should you should stick around be, for that because there really isn't anything like the Fourth of July in Boston, and there really isn't isn't anything like Boston, man. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a great it's a it's a great city. I, I can't even explain it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard I've heard a lot of good things about Boston. They have like a ton of colleges too. Like. Oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, like a ton of colleges. So it's funny when people make jokes about people in Boston being stupid, and then you think about, like, all the really good colleges they have in Boston. People think people from Boston are stupid? Not like, uh, not like, uh, like everyone from Boston is stupid. What are their names? Stupid. What are their names? 
let me at him, let me at him, or something like that. Uh, I'll show them stupid. Nah, yeah. it's more like Family Guy jokes I've seen. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, but, he, but they're probably, like, from around there, so they can... He's the, <laughs> the Family Guy joke I loved is just like, how can a city with so many great colleges have a city full of dopes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd have to... Uh... I'd have to see that. That was probably, I wonder what that was like uh, in reference to. But yeah, but you can, you know, you can find stupid people about anywhere. anywhere. Yeah, yeah, they're they're ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, there's just a thing in Boston. There's a spirit. I, it's hard to explain. Yeah, are you a Red Sox fan? Huge Red Sox. Okay, yeah, I'm a Cardinals fan because my dad. So, oh no. So you, well, I wouldn't have come on the podcast that I know that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not huge into sports, but I'm saying, like, if I, my sports teams include... I, I like the Preds now, I think. I think I'm a Preds fan. Yeah. I think I've discovered that. Uh, I like the Cardinals. I like KU basketball. So... Oh, yeah. So I'm not a, I'm not a Missouri person. I'm just, like, a, I just like the Cardinals because my dad likes the Cardinals. Yeah, I, uh, I root for the Boston teams, but uh, I'm not as... I'm not as, as into other sports as I am mm-hmm. uh, baseball. Yeah. Just, uh, I love baseball. I feel like, is that bigger in Boston? Definitely. You know, like, in, in Tennessee, it's weird. Uh, we don't have a, a major league team. You'd think we would have gotten a major league team before yeah. we got a hockey team. Yeah, that's that seems weird. Yeah, but uh, but we didn't. But, yeah, you know, after uh, after the Stanley Cup this year, though, the um, I really enjoyed that. Uh, that was the first time I really cared about... Uh, uh, the Predators at all, um, and you can say I jumped on the bandwagon or, or mm-hmm. whatever, but, you know, it was exciting. It was a lot of fun to watch. And But, but the um, thing with Nashville is no one's from here. Like, not that many people who live in Nashville yeah. are literally from Nashville, so it's like all their fans are people who are kind of, at some point, jumped on pretty quickly. Yeah, I was talking about that with uh, my Lyft driver over here, mm-hmm. and... Um, he was actually from here, which is pretty rare. I've lived here since I was nine, so that's a lot longer than than most people. But uh, you know, I, I still Massachusetts. I I still got a close tie to. I still don't feel like a Tennessean, but uh, I guess I feel a little displaced in general. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not I'm, sure where my home is. I feel weird because like. I lived in Kansas for my first 13 years of life, and then the next 10 years, I've lived uh, in Missouri, and then this, I've now completed my first year of Tennessee, so, but now, like, thinking about it, now that I'm, like, a year out from living in Missouri, I'm, like, I'm, like, can definitely say, I'm, like, yeah, I'm from Kansas, like, so, yeah. like, I definitely, and I always applied myself, like, I am from Kansas, but, like, now I, like, really feel it, that, like, when you're, now that I'm, like, when you're somewhere that not everyone else is from. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. For sure. Yeah. I guess you lived in Boston, I guess, your whole life before you came here. Well, uh, yeah, just until I was nine. Oh, okay. Yeah, I lived in uh, Gloucester, which is about 45 minutes north uh, in the North Shore. Okay. And, uh, yeah, real beautiful uh, place on the Cape. So, like, just grew up right down the street from the ocean. Like, literally just down the street from the ocean. Okay, yeah. And, yeah, it was an amazing place. It's an old uh, fishing village and there are some houses like just hundreds of years old and uh a lot of artists too it's got a big art community and Mm. very quaint and uh man i love it that's awesome 
Then nine, then you moved to Boston, or you've always just lived... What did you say, sir? So you've always lived in that area, or...? Yeah, just in Gloucester. And, uh, and then my family moved here to Nashville. Lived in Nashville proper for a couple of years, then mm-hmm. uh, moved a little south, and uh, me personally now live uh, in Nashville, in the city. Oh, I've heard a lot of... So, speaking of, like, Boston, I've heard a lot of stories of, like... Because I guess, like, I don't know how far Boston is from New York... But people like, but it's still like not that bad. You can like get a Lyft or an Uber. Show sponsored by Lyft, so great that you took a Lyft here. <laughs> yeah, I've I've heard that, and that's awesome, man. I so, uh, I love Lyft. So yeah, we're talking uh, commercial round two. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've heard people like they'll take Lyft from like Boston to New York, and like the Uber, oh not the Uber drivers, the Lyft, the superior Lyft drivers will like be okay which is driving them i mean it'll cost they'll pay a ton but it's about the same price of like flying that's pretty cool yeah i um i've wondered how far a lift driver will will go uh but yeah you know in general in the northeast um a lot of real significant uh places are are a lot closer than you'd think you mm-hmm. know so i'm not sure actually how long the drive is from boston new york a couple hours maybe yeah, I think it's like I, I want to say two or three. Yeah, it's it's got to be three, like at least. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't recall ever doing that drive. Um, but yeah, the Northeast is a is a great place though. Mm-hmm. I always hear yeah, I always hear a lot of good places. I still haven't really ventured up there much or at all. By much, I mean at all. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I recommend it. I yeah, mean, New York. You know, New York is New York. Um, uh, obviously, I've got a bias, but New York is a real beautiful city, and I I, I love it mm-hmm. anytime I've been there. But it's, um, man, it's just so so big. Yeah, it's 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 a little uh, overwhelming, and I could never, mm-hmm. I could never live there because it's so expensive. Oh, totally. Nashville's getting pretty expensive yeah. too, but uh, we gotta get that rent control immediately. Yeah, yeah. Rent rent control would be really nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna listen to one of your songs, and then when we come back, we'll talk about you a little bit more. So we'll switch it from my podcast to yours. Cool. <laughs> so, so no problem. Uh, let's stay tuned and don't touch that dial.
Cool, cool, cool. And we're back, so <laughs> definitely a fun long break. But uh, so yeah, let's talk about you. Let's get into what you are all about. So you're from Boston, and you, we talked about that a little bit, like going into it. And so, like, I want to know, like, when did you start doing music? When did that become a? How did I start doing music? Yeah. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, well, my dad's a musician, mm-hmm. a songwriter. Um, so he. Let's see. When I was 11, I uh, I asked my dad if I could set up his, uh, like, 19, maybe 63, 64, uh, circa those years, uh, Slingerland kit. Okay. And uh, so we did, and I started playing that. And he had an SG from, like, the early 70s. So, I mean, I, I was playing on some really good stuff from <laughs> right from the start. Yeah. Um, some classic stuff. So... Yeah, so I just, um, man, let me think. You know, even though my dad was a musician my whole life, until I was 11, I, for some reason, hadn't really developed an interest in it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when I was about 9 or 10, developing my own taste in music, uh, uh, the first record I ever bought was Michael Jackson's History Collection. Oh, that's good. And it was, uh, it was when that uh, came out, so 94 or 5. And Michael Jackson was like my um, my first like musical obsession, and, and still is. I'm still a huge Michael Jackson fan, and uh, to me, he's the pinnacle or a pinnacle of just just greatness mm-hmm. uh, in popular music. Um, my first favorite song, as I recall, though, was uh, when I was like four or five. A teacher would like kindergarten teacher would play what a wonderful world by louis armstrong Mm -hmm. uh every day before we'd get on the bus and i think that really instilled something but for some reason when i was 11 all of a sudden i decided i wanted to play music and uh i kind of went from michael jackson straight to like punk and ska yeah obviously Uh, the the correct choice right (laughs) uh uh so however that happened i don't know but it was um so that's what I was into. So I was learning how to play uh, stuff like that. I think my dad taught me uh, Louie Louie on guitar and um, Latest Flame by Elvis, I think, was another one. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, that's kind of how, how it started. And I just uh, kept from there just doing kind of the same thing I do now is find music that, that, that thrills me mm-hmm. and... And I, I just uh, obsess about it, you know? Oh, yeah, I totally geek out. And I've definitely on the show before, like, gone on rants. I guess one episode, it's uh, I've ranted about how Thriller is, like, the greatest sounding album of all time. Which one? Thriller. Wait, say it again. Thriller. That one. Uh, oh, do you say Thriller? Yeah. Oh, Thriller, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. Um, basically, I'll, I'll keep it short now because... Not everyone wants to hear this over and over again, but like what they did with Thriller is what they tried to do was make sure that it sounded good on every speaker they could possibly get it on Mm. instead of just like making it sound good in the studio and just being like, all right, it's going to translate. Okay. That's everything. But no, they wanted to make sure it translated powerfully to any speaker. Mm -hmm. That's why it sounds good on your phone or whatever you listen to it on. Yeah. Well, man, that worked. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, that's... Oh man, just a, an amazing, an amazing song, amazing production, and the video just, mm-hmm. 
N nobody's nobody's been able to to really surmount that. Oh, totally. You know, it's it's. I mean, that's still the greatest selling record of all time. Yeah, it definitely. It might be behind the Eagles' greatest hits for some reason. I don't know. The I'm, Eagles' greatest hits is up there too. Yeah, I think it's that one might be the best selling album of all time. Oh no. I know. I don't. I don't ever understood that, but. <laughs> I, I don't get that either. Mm -hmm. uh, a greatest hits is also like just a compilation, <laughs> kind of random too. Yeah, you know. I mean, like the Beatles one or something. You know, I'm sure that sold a lot or Past Masters or something like that. Um, uh, man, well, I I think Thriller definitely deserves to uh, <laughs> still be mm -hmm. the greatest records, greatest selling record uh, of all time. Mm -hmm. uh, I do like Dangerous also, though. I think Dangerous... Yeah. That might be my favorite Michael Jackson record. The new Jack Swing. Um, just, uh... I mean, it was great while he worked with Quincy. Uh, mm -hmm. all, of course, and what they did was great. Um, but working with Teddy Riley, I think, was the necessary shift that had to happen, you know, in that, uh... In that era, you know? Oh, yeah. It I was mean, appropriate. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, you gotta move... Ruvani feel like you want to you want to stay relevant to the kids these days. <laughs> yeah, you know, and he he's he's good like that because he always did stay relevant, not in the way that you think of. Just a lot of artists, they uh, they try they'll do something different. They'll go with a newer trend, and and it's kind of a joke or something like that. Not everybody can really do that, but he really took kind of current trends and um just perfected them i guess oh yeah i mean like we can never do any wrong with michael jackson so it's like if you ever go to anyone's like hey oh you mind if i play this michael jackson record no one's gonna complain like they're gonna yeah, yeah. they're gonna definitely listen to it but uh so you started 11 so how old are you now uh 32 32 okay so you've been doing this over two decades i guess wow i guess you're right <laughs> i always think i always just think that way though yeah. but but yeah, uh, and so what have you been, I mean, so you, like, you started, obviously, at 11, assuming you played through high school. Did you go to college for music? I didn't. Okay. I, um, I just wasn't interested at, uh, at that age. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, after high school, I just kind of started studying independently, which, you know, for me was listening to records and, and learning that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, with music, I think listening uh, is the greatest uh, teacher. Or it was for me. Maybe for other people, they have, like, an actual, like, person who's a teacher who kind of changes changes their life. But, yeah, for me, it was just uh, it was just records, you know. So, you know, I, at that time, I was still doing, um, was doing rock, was doing kind of Britpop sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also started getting into, uh, or rather, like, trying to learn how to, uh, do jazz and swing and stuff like that, which, um, I was in, like, jazz band in high school and stuff, but, um, you started to compose my own stuff, so, uh, yeah, back in 2012, that kind of, uh, that stuff culminated in, um, my first record, uh, which is called I Thought It Was Spring, which is... Uh, big band songs, mm -hmm. um, mostly originals, a couple okay. covers like Sing 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 and Mac the Knife. 
okay. But, uh, yeah, you know, that was what I was into. Now I'm doing rock and roll again, and... Uh, I've also got some other, like, stuff I'm working on. We'll mm-hmm. see kind of what the future brings, but, you know, more hip-hop, pop, R&B kind of stuff. Um, there's, yeah, you know, I just like a lot of stuff, so I just kind of do it. Yeah. And we'll see, you know, what that looks like in the future. Yeah, no, you always, like, hear... So with big band stuff, like, who... who Did you actually have a full big band to play on it, and how'd you end up doing that? I, yeah, you know, I didn't do it the way I wanted to. So I, you know, they were bringing in horn players and stuff like that at, at different times rather than live, which would be a preferable. Um, but yeah, you know, we got them all in there uh, in the end and, uh, and recorded. So yeah, lots of horns, crazy amount of horns. Uh, I work with some great, oh man, uh, some great... Jazz musicians, uh, Kim Park. You know, he's actually from Missouri also. Okay, where at? Does he sound familiar? Let's see. Maybe Kansas City. Okay. Actually. Um, Kansas City has a huge jazz scene, so that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, if you go to Kansas City and ask some jazz players, I'm sure they'd uh, they'd know who he is. But he was living here for a while. I worked with him. <clears throat> and uh, worked with some... Uh, um, some good uh, Nashville players, uh, okay. Mark Prentice on bass on a couple ones. It just uh, so many people. Uh, Matt Bubel also on on drums. Uh, but yeah, so many musicians on the record there. So uh, there's there's one song uh, where I played everything except uh, the horns. It's the last track on there. Uh, so the drums, bass, uh, banjo. Um, also, I had Mel Deal. He's a he's a local uh, jazz guitarist. Yeah. Okay. Um, he uh, he was my jazz guitar teacher for a while, and uh, my his daughter and me are uh, good friends. And uh, he played banjo on one song. Actually, that's another thing he does. He plays with the symphony sometimes. Okay. Great player. So yeah, so that was a fun thing, you know. So that happened. <laughs> I had a, I had a fun thing because I played in our school jazz band when I was in college. And so when I played, I guess when I stood up to do solos and stuff like that, strap was a little bit higher up. So, you know, that's how you deal with jazz because you have to, a little more technically, you have to do it up. When I moved here, I stopped really playing jazz. I'm like, I'm going to lower this guitar a little bit. Lowered it a little bit. Started, like, getting, like, playing a lot better yeah. now that I'm having the guitar lower because, like, you actually need to, like, shake the guitar to get it to sound good. Mm-hmm. And, like, jazz, you mean you don't want that sound but now i'm just like man i'm gonna get some sounds i've been like dying to get for years <laughs> yeah but uh yeah it's fun did you have to like get make sheet music for all the musicians or what was that sorry did you make me a uh, sheet music for all the musicians um no let's see a dude named anthony jorson uh wrote the charts for me okay so uh i, w- I worked with him again on uh my last single uh it's called pistol it's got a horn section, um, so a lot of the time, uh, being that I don't really notate, uh, I just say, this is what I want the horns to do, and, you know, I'll just play it on a different instrument, and they'll just kind of write that down, slash, make it, uh, make a little more sense from a, uh, <clears throat> horn player's standpoint, you know, mm-hmm. like, like, I'll say, I want them to do this chord, like, bump, 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 
but he'll make that more of a phrase, you know? He'll have a little bit of a, a rhythm in it, like a melody somewhere, like in that chord, you know? Okay. Um, so what did you end up, like, handing off to him? What was that? Like, what did you end up handing off to him, like, as in terms of, like, here's the song, like, how did you do for handing that off? Uh, what do you mean exactly? So, like, uh, did you, like, record yourself singing, play guitar, it's like some chords, or, like, record a demo, or... Yeah, um... Yeah, once I... Once I think we just Skyped, and he was like, okay, cool, I get it. Um... Another time we just kind of got together. Maybe you did, like, an iPhone demo or something. Yeah. But uh, he had a pretty good memory. Uh, just a good brain, good player. Um, sax and flute, uh, piano, stuff like that. Maybe some other stuff, I'm not sure. So I always had to do a lot of, like, writing for... What was that? I had to do a lot of writing and arranging for big bands in college. Oh, you did? So, yeah, and so... But I always think, like, it was really funny because I'd always write in the guitar player piano drummer sense and so like it'd be really funny like like my first couple cut lessons they're just like all right write a melody and so i was like all right he's like what's uh okay there's one (laughs) my teacher's like he's a trumpet player and a piano player and he's just all around amazing yeah but he was just like all right i see one problem with this already and i'm like naming all the obvious things like well is it a weird chord changes the notes not fit in nope that's not it he's (laughs) like what you didn't leave a breath for the horn players (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, uh, a problem is a lot of the time is, like, a sax player writes for, well, something that's just not sax, mm-hmm. you know, some uh, some other brass instrument, and, and they don't really know the ins and outs of that instrument. And then that person, like, looks at the charts, and they're just like, oh, my God, who wrote this? <laughs> this is going to be hard. Oh, yeah, um, but, yeah, I looked at a lot, because I've read a lot of guitar charts and, like, you can tell a lot of these, like, composers, arrangers do not know how to play guitar. Like, it's... Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I would hate to uh, look at something written for guitar that wasn't written by a guitarist. Yeah, it, it's pretty bad, because a lot of it is just the piano part copied. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, boy. They don't... They, oh, man. It's yeah, because we can play 12 notes, or, or uh, 10 notes or more at the same time on guitar, right? Yeah. Well, well, it's like, well, because it's like, you know, the slashes and then like the, the chords above it. And so I'm like, ah, uh, OK. But like the nice thing about guitar is like you don't have to play all the notes like in the chord. <laughs> There's just like the important ones <laughs> to take care of. But yeah, yeah. Was it like first take out the first because the bass is playing that, taking that out. Then you probably drop the fifth because I mean, that's the fifth and then sacrifice from there. But as long as the piano playing like and most of the time the horns are playing all the notes too you just have to make sure you're not playing a note that's that's wrong what was that thing? you just have to make sure you're not playing a note that's wrong yeah yeah our jazz professor was he had perfect pitch and so then he developed that into be able to play notes like yeah. figuring out chords so like he could tell automatically i was just like playing an easier chord and he's like are you adding a fourth to this <laughs> it was it was always so funny it was like uh yeah i didn't want to play the harp or <laughs> something like that so do you have a lot of experience playing in a big band uh a lot of experience playing with one yeah uh you know just um let's see with a big band how many shows have i actually played with a big band well see so when i released that record it was really hard to uh 
Well, for one, find uh, gigs like so. Basically, you know, like I'm 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 an artist, mm-hmm. but I'm doing something that's not a popular style. Yeah, and also I can't pay ten plus people. You know. Yeah. So it was really hard to uh, actually find that. Uh, I had one really good show uh, with a big band. Uh, <clears throat> it was the uh, what was it called? Um, the CDF uh, form. It was for the Children's Tumor Foundation. Okay. Uh, so they they advocate and uh, fund research to find a cure for NF uh, NF one NF two, uh, which is what I have. And uh, schwannomatosis. So, uh, so I did that. I was a keynote speaker and did that, and that allowed me to uh, hire a band and yeah, and do what they uh, were asking me to do. So that was really good. Um, but shortly after uh, the release of that record, I I, I was just kind of ready to move on uh, to the next thing. Uh, it. Like I said, it was really hard to uh, find gigs where I could like have a big band and where people mm-hmm. would actually be interested. So uh, I, I kind of went back to uh, rock and roll, and um, uh, I played Vegas later that year. Um, and I think they, you know, they were going for. You know, I, I think they were interested in the big band stuff, but I, I kind of went back and did something else uh did some rock and roll and stuff like mm-hmm. that for that yeah uh, i always think then. about that because like music venues barely pay like three-piece bands a lot <laughs> so what'd you say they barely pay uh, like three-piece bands too much so like i can't imagine like a big band yeah yeah so um so all that just kind of brought me back to uh rock and roll and uh Stuff like that. That's awesome. I do want to talk about it because you were like talking about NF, and that's a big like thing on your website. So like, what I mean, like obviously tell everyone who's listening uh, about that. I do want to feel like that's important to like how you make music. We're talking about songwriting a lot here, so mm-hmm. so what like um, so yeah, just tell your story with that. I feel like you could be tell that better than I can. Just tell my story. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, well, uh, basically, so I've, I've got this, um, I'm very, uh, for the listeners, uh, I'm unfortunately wearing, uh, headphones right now, uh, cause I, I'm very hearing impaired and also, uh, visually impaired. It's caused by a genetic disorder called NF2, which is neurofibromatosis type 2, and it causes tumors to grow in the central nervous system and, uh, so it's taken a lot of my hearing and uh, vision and balance and stuff like that. And um, so, you know, I started playing music, um, like, after my first couple surgeries, but before, like, a real diagnosis. But, you know, since since then, which has been about 20 years since I was uh, diagnosed, I'm still uh, I'm still doing it because it's, uh, it's what I have to do. And... I don't know. I just can't. Uh, I can't stop doing. It, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's what I love, and so yeah. So here I am. 
Um, Dude, yeah, I know. You're rock and rolling. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so, yeah, working on some new stuff. Um, and uh, let's see. I'll have an EP out um, pretty soon. And it's... I'm trying to think how to describe it. Um, like we had mentioned earlier, like mm-hmm. uh, punk and stuff like that. You know, a little bit of that. Not punk like... Green Day or, or something like that, mm-hmm. but but punk is in like, kind of just how punk sounded more like the early '60s, almost like more like rhythm and blues, like the Cramps or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean it's just rock and roll, you know. It's I wouldn't say it's a new sound. I wouldn't say it's old sounding, but um, yeah, I I guess uh, they've heard uh, the new single Dysnomia. Yeah, <laughs> so. Uh, I don't know what to say about that, but I, I hope people dig it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, I dug the. I guess it, you haven't released it yet, but you sent me one version of it. So yeah. I gotta hear that. So I like that a lot. And so yeah, I'm excited for EP to come out. I'll be, I'll check that out. We can talk about it. I can talk about it <laughs> to people. Yeah. And so uh, what else? Like, um, you also do a podcast, right? I do. Yeah. So what is that podcast about? So. Uh, my podcast with my friend Chilicolis is called Between X and Y, and um, <clears throat> so he and I have been friends for about, let's see, 11 years or something, and uh, you know we've just always bonded over music, and we are known to just have like four hour long phone conversations just talking about music a couple years ago. We said that maybe we should like condense this. Uh, maybe we should just record what we're doing and do a podcast. It was a while before that actually uh, happened. Just earlier this year, we did the first episode. Um, what with all the kind of nineteen ninety seven nostalgia that's going on um, mm-hmm. now, being twenty years later, uh, we did an episode about that. Uh, that was our first one, and we just uh, we just talk about music, what we think. Music should be how some music uh, just isn't that, you know, kind of bleeds into pop culture a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Between X and Y, uh, the name kind of came from that we're, uh, you know, we're not technically Generation X, but we also don't feel like uh, millennials mm-hmm. or, ge- or Generation Y. Yeah. And so we're really kind of between there. And, uh, you know, we've got, I guess, a little bit of both, but definitely a bit of, like, a, a micro-generation. And so we thought maybe we've got, like, an interesting uh, perspective on things. And uh, so, yeah, we just we just talk about music and uh, and have a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've learned, yeah, there's not a lot of music podcasts out there, so, I mean, that's why I was like, hey, I'm going to start one. <laughs> Do you say there aren't a lot of music yeah, podcasts? Yeah, I don't I don't do you listen to a lot of other music podcasts? Well, I've only uh, been into podcasts well not into, but I've only really explored that world as far as listening in the past like year and a half or so. Mhm. Before that I didn't really uh or maybe it's been maybe it's been a couple years. So so I don't really know, but there are a lot out there for sure. Mhm. 
Uh, I mean, a lot of podcasts. Yeah, I don't know about uh, music. Yeah, it's a good enough. niche market for the music. Yeah, but I'm actually glad to hear like someone else is doing a music podcast too. Yeah, yeah, I was glad to see um, uh, that another dude in Nashville, yeah. especially, is doing one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. So as an artist, also mm-hmm. and podcasting mm-hmm. and engineer, so yeah, we've got a lot I'm of common producing. ground there. Yeah, no. You think I'd be like making a ton of money, right? <laughs> Man. Uh, Give it time. We'll both we'll both be uh, making some That'd good be money there. Freaking dope. Okay, we're nearing the end of our show, so but I like to ask: Do you have any good drinking stories? <laughs> um, you know, probably the only good one I can think of is it's probably not so much a. I probably don't have one that's gonna have people uh, cracking up or anything, but. And I don't know if it was the, the beer or just just the night, but um, I saw the Wallflowers back in like 2012 or something like mm-hmm. that, and I never thought I would see the Wallflowers live. So this was at uh, what's it called Live on the Green um, here in Nashville, and uh, my friend's friend got us in the VIP section somehow. But it was just this day where I was like, I, I need to just, I just really need to live. I just really need to just like, just be happy. And I was going to see the freaking wallflowers. And so I had a few beers and, and, uh, but I was, whenever the wallflowers would play something from bringing down the horse, I would just like, I would flip out and I kept trying to climb this fence. <laughs> and my friends were like, and like, I've got really bad balance issues. And so that was really dumb. And I was trying to stand <laughs> on the top of it, and my friends <laughs> were having to uh, were having to spot me and and help me to not do that, um, lest I kill myself. And <laughs> so that was uh, that was pretty ridiculous, um, and I and I didn't die, which is good. But I was I was just really in it. Uh, and I don't know if it was the attitude of the beers. I think it was a little bit, you know. But sometimes, you know, if you tell yourself, you know, I'm just, it, I'm going to have a good time, uh, you can have a good time. <laughs> uh, mind over matter. I'm not sure what the matter was, but but I saw the freaking wallflowers and climbed a fence. And <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's like a tradition at like most of the shows. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I mean, if I have What was that? Where, where would the fence be? I'm trying to figure out. Oh, oh, so you've been to Live on the Green? No. So maybe I'm just confused out of my own, like, ignorance or whatever. <laughs> I don't think oh, ignorance oh, you is mean the word. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, yeah, where is, so where's the fence, though? <laughs> oh, man. I'm not sure what the fence would mean. Oh, like, uh, the fence you're trying to climb? Yeah. Oh, where, oh, you mean where was it actually? Yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. So Live on the Green happens downtown on the. What's it called? Uh, the lawn of the courthouse. Okay. I think it's the courthouse. Okay. So I'm not sure where exactly. Um, so basically, kind of like the. F- it's toward the front. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they had some. There's some fence and some gate uh, set up. It's amazing that they can set up like all that stuff up um, mm-hmm. so quickly. And then, like, when it's over, it's just, it goes back to being a lawn. 
Yeah, it's just a lot of work. I wonder how much money they put into that. Probably a, a lot. Yeah, a ridiculous amount of money. But yeah, so that's that's where that went down. That you know, that's awesome, man. Still not the worst story we've had on the show. I'm assuming we've had a lot worse. People just, <laughs> it, I just like I like to survey, and I'm gonna eventually put in like a collection or something like that. What'd you say, sir? I want to put in like a collection of everyone's like best uh, drunk stories. Oh yeah, just like. So that he, could be like a hundredth episode kind of thing. Oh, <laughs> like how TV shows just kind of like do mm-hmm. recaps. Man, it'll be take forever until we get to episode one hundred. But yeah, I'll probably you know we'll have to do some special. We might do a Christmas special on the show. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> some really cheesy one. So, uh, anyways, yeah, we're near the end of our show. Uh, do you? Where should everyone check out your stuff at? Yeah. So, um, robertsebastianmusic.com. I'm on Twitter, Robert Sebastian Music, Facebook, Robert Sebastian, Instagram. Uh, actually, Twitter and Instagram are R Sebastian Music. And um, yeah, that should sum it up. I'd love to, I'd love to hear from people. And um, um, I should have uh, this EP out pretty soon. So I hope you all dig it. Mm-hmm. Dig it, dig it, dig it. All right. Well, everyone, thank you so much. And uh, go check out WaffleButtMedia.com for more podcasts like this one. And like always, remember to stay awesome. Casting.